Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflections from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Hello and welcome to Reflections from the Heart. This is Rob Longo and I'm with Cameron Norris. Cameron, my brother, how you doing? I'm doing so good. Glad uh, to be here. It is so good to be here. And uh, we are here representing Stewardship, a mission of faith who is blessed to provide opportunities for people to join or start gospel reflection groups, uh, among many other things. Stewardship is a family of ministry, so if you have never heard of uh, the great work that God's doing through Stewardship, visit stewardshipmission.org. Uh, there's just a, a wealth of, of resources, of ministry opportunities that we, can, that we can offer, and this is one of them called Gospel Reflection, which is the version of what we're going to do here, but out in the community, at, at churches, in schools, in restaurants, in offices. Uh, Gospel Reflection is simply that. It's a time to to sit and gather and ponder a piece of the gospel, the gospel that we'll actually hear for the coming Sunday. And from Gospel Reflections was born Mission of the Heart, which is what we're going to experience today, which is a shortened version, uh, but it is still a Gospel Reflection. And we'll look at the gospel uh, for the coming Sunday and uh, and we'll be able to hear it and ponder and pray uh, and uh, and see what God wants to say to us. All right, so welcome. Welcome for those who are here for the first time. Welcome back for those who have been here before. Um, so just buckle up and uh, let's see what the Holy Spirit is going to say to us. Um, but before we break open the gospel, Cameron, could you lead us in prayer? Absolutely, I would love to. Holy Spirit, we invite you to be here with us, to open up the bread of life, to speak to our hearts, speak to our minds, speak to our bodies, speak to our souls. I pray, Lord, that uh, this time we invite you to be here with us. We would have eyes to see and ears to hear what you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Awesome. Thank you, brother. Yes. Thank you. Uh, so the gospel that we'll be reading today is from Luke, and it's uh, Luke 19, 1 to 10. Luke 19, 1 through 10. At that time, Jesus came to Jericho and intended to pass through the town. Now a man there named Lazarus, who was a chief tax collector and also a wealthy man, was seeking to see who Jesus was, but he could not see him because of the crowd for he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree in order to see Jesus, who was about to pass that way. When he reached the place, Jesus looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down quickly, for today I must stay at your house. And he came down quickly and received him with joy. When they all saw this, they began to grumble, saying, He has gone to stay at the house of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood there, and said to the Lord, Behold, half of my possessions, Lord, I shall give to the poor. And if I have extorted anything from anyone, I shall repay it four times over. 
And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a descendant of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save what was lost. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Classic story. Amen. Just want to highlight some of the wording here. Uh, But he could not see him because of the crowd. I'm just thinking about outside of this story. Are there reasons sometimes we can't see Jesus because of a crowd? And what's the crowd? I think the crowd is just anything that blocks our view of Jesus. Like a crowd could be your phone, could be work, could be friends, could just be popular culture and things going on. But if it's blocking your view of Jesus, it it relates to this story and that it was a crowd. And there's always going to be a crowd. There's always going to be an opportunity for something to get in the way of our sight to Jesus. Mm. But here's here's an example of a story, somebody who wanted to see Jesus, he couldn't, and he took extra steps to get to a place where he could see Jesus. And and a couple uh, verses later here, it says, when he reached the place, Jesus looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down quickly. He had to reach that place. I think there's times where we have to reach that place where we get to see Jesus. Sometimes that means getting away from distractions. I mean, the Bible also talks about having a secret place, like um, people call it like a prayer closet. It could be a chair in your house. It could be just time that you have set aside throughout the day. But it's when we reach that place to see Jesus, that's when Jesus starts engaging mm-hmm. with him. He, he, was it possible for Jesus to just be walking, intending to pass through a town, and then, you know, Feel that prompting from Holy Spirit and say, hey, there's somebody in this crowd named Zacchaeus. I need to talk to him. Sure, he could have done that, but it's not how he chose to do it this time. This time, it highlights Zacchaeus's journey to get into a place where he could have sight of Jesus. Not where Jesus could see him, but where he could see Jesus. And then once he could see Jesus, that's when Jesus started to engage with him. And then his engagement, I mean, who knows if there were other words exchanged there probably were more conversations than what was recorded but in this short brief interaction you see Zacchaeus coming to a place of repentance and then wanting to bless the poor and also re- repay people who um that he had extorted and then Jesus says today salvation has come to this house just through that brief interaction but what I'm trying to highlight is there's a crowd and then there's somebody fighting and climbing and putting an effort to get to a place where their eyes could be on Jesus. Amen. I think we all have that. Yeah. Cameron, as you were sharing that, that the word you just spoke is one of the two words that, that I wrote down. I wrote down intentionality and effort to, yeah. reach, to reach that place. Yeah. Intentionality and effort. And if you think of in our lives, you know, what are we most interested in? What do we value? Um, we can we can actually we can answer that question without stating what it is, but by looking at 
what do we do with intentionality and what do we put effort into? Yeah. Like if you say, Rob, what's important to you? And I say, A, B, C. Right. You can say, Rob, I'm going to, let, let me look at your calendar. Let me look at your checkbook. Let me, you know, I'm going to kind of have a, a, you know, a crew, camera crew, just follow you for, you know, a couple of weeks. Yep. And I'm going to report back what's important to you. You got it. Based on the intentionality and the effort that I, that I've observed. Yep. Right. So, you know, we can say A, B, and C is important, but if it doesn't line up with the intentionality and the effort that we're putting forth compared to other things in life, then, yeah. you know, is, does a, B, is, a, is A, B, and C really important to us? Yeah, So absolutely. that's a great, great examination, Cameron, that you've given us to, you know, if we want to reach that place um, to get above the crowd, to get above the noise. I love the question that you opened up the show with are, are there reasons we can't see Jesus in our lives, right? Because of the crowd. And then the follow-up question, what is the crowd? So what a great examination for all of us. And you know, just to really, um, just kind of like game film. We, we were with a bunch of athletes yesterday at a, at a high school. Nice. And we were talking about game film. Yeah. Like if you have the, if you have film to watch either of your own plays or the plays of who you're going to, who your, who your next opponent is, and you don't study that, are you really going to be prepared? Right. So in our lives, like we can, and that's what's called an examination of conscience, that, that we live a life, a well-examined life that we invite the Holy Spirit in to, you know, help us remember, help us to recall, to, to kind of do the game film Absolutely. review of our lives. And like, what is the crowd? And an, like, just answer that and then name it. That's okay. Don't be afraid of it. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it'll be a, a grace. It'll be a blessing of the Holy Spirit. For, for this to be identified. Yep. And then we write it down and we very intentionally yeah. do something about it with his, with God's grace. So I've been working with a guy, um, on like, you know, six different areas of, of life and one of, one of them spirituality and it was the exercise. So it was, it was um, spirituality, finances, physical health, mental health, social, you know, six core areas of life. Yep. And it was, Write a paragraph on where you are today in this area. Write a paragraph of where you would like to be 12 months from today in this area. And then on the back of the page was, what six things can you specifically do to work towards, i.e. intentionality effort, towards getting to that place that you're saying you want to be in 12 months? And... Uh, one of them in spirituality was to leave my phone in the car when I go to mass. Cause I've been finding that I bring my phone in the mass. Yeah. Cause I'm like, well, you know, I got kids at home or, you know, just in case. Absolutely. And even if I don't look at it, but I hear the buzz, I mean, I can be in prayer. I can be locked in to the mass, but that buzz, I either hear it or feel it if it's oh, in my yeah. pocket. And it's, it's that moment of it's the crowd. Yep. Like what you said earlier, what is that crowd? So one of the things I wrote down is one of my six was to, to leave the phone in the car. And, and this has been about four weeks since writing that. And it's been such a gift to the point where like sometimes I'll be on the phone like, and I'll, I'll forget and I'll walk through the parking lot and then I'll, you know, say goodbye and I'll go into mass and I'll realize that I have the phone with me. Right. And I got so used to not having it. Like, it's, like and I can easily turn it off, but I, just from a discipline perspective, I, I left and went in the back, and I didn't leave and go to the car, but went in the back, put the phone somewhere, mm -hmm. completely outside of 
you know, of, you know, where mass was going on, put my keys with it. So I, I know I couldn't leave right. if my keys were there, but just to, to have that discipline and it, it made like that, a camera and that, that is the crowd. And I've found that these past four weeks at mass, daily masses are, you know, 25, 30 minutes, Sunday mass is about an hour. It's been like, incredible to just have that crowd. Yep. We'll keep calling it that, right? So, yeah. cause this, I think the Lord put that on your heart, not for just that moment, not just for that comment, but for all of us to really lock into that and, and take that journey with the Holy Spirit. What is the crowd? What is the crowd? Write it down. And then Lord, what can I do to help you? What can you do to help me reach that place um, so I can see you? Yeah, and sometimes I find I, I love the idea of looking at the six different areas and what you can do to be intentional in all of those. Just a reminder, not for you, just for all of us, invite the Holy Spirit to illuminate those things because he knows which things, he knows which order, and oftentimes he'll just give us one at a time hmm. where, hey, I want to go from this place to this place a year from now, five years from now. There's a lot that's involved in doing that. Well, he's not going to say, all right, here you go. Here's the 18-chapter book. Go ahead, read that through, and then you're good to go. He Sometimes it starts with, hey, why don't you just change how you show up at your house at the end of the day, hmm. how you greet your family. Hey, how about you change going from five minutes of being in your chair and opening the Word to go to seven minutes, to go to 15 minutes. He might take you on a journey, and I, I find it for me, oftentimes, I, I'm not saying by any means have I arrived at any of this, but oftentimes I don't get the next thing until mm. something's been done about the first thing. Or, or, you know, whatever, whatever thing you're on. And, and I know there's times where I've been in prayer, like, okay, Lord, you know, I, I want to advance. I want to advance the kingdom. I want to, I want to do big things. So speak to me. What do you want me to do? Oftentimes he responds, but the times where I feel like he doesn't respond or I don't get a prompting or I don't get a inspired thought, so to speak, I'll be reminded of the last thing that he told me to do that I didn't do yet. <laughs> it's like he doesn't want to move on to the oh, next yeah. one on the list. It, so I think those times in my life where you could you could say God is silent, he's actually not sit silent. Mm. He's still waiting for you. You know, like I'm thinking of like with my kids, I'm still waiting on you to pick up your socks before I ask you to do the next thing because you still haven't done the thing I asked you to do. So I'm not going to, I don't want to set you up for failure because I wouldn't be a good dad to just continually, Hey, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's do this. I need this. I, I, I need your help here. I'm not going to put this list of things and just let them choose. And when they do one out of 20 say, wow, you're amazing. I'm going to give them one thing to do and I'm not going to give them the next thing to do until you can get your bike from the end of the driveway and put it in the garage where I asked you to. Next, we're going to dive into that craft project you wanted to do. But I can't dive into that craft project until I have obedience from the last thing that I'm still waiting on you for. That just happened yesterday. Hmm. It was like, why are we not doing the craft yet? Well, I'm still waiting for you to put your bike. Oh, that's right. You want me to put my bike in? Okay. Um I think hmm. the Lord works with us in, in the same way. Wow. Well, 
let, let, let's, let's stick a little bit with obedience. How do you, how do you think God views obedience uh, you know, within, our, within our relationship with him? Well, he's a rewarder, and to be a rewarder, there has to be the, the opportunity to be obedient. He, he doesn't just say, hey, say your yes to me, and then that's it. We're, we're, everybody's good to go, and you know what? Let's, I'll just take you now. Come on up to heaven. Let's just start spending eternity together. He wants to show his nature to us, to the people that we know, our friends, our family, people we inter- interact with and share our stories with. He wants to be known as a rewarder because he is. He set this system up. You, you can't be a rewarder if obedience isn't an option. I can't, I can't have this time where I'm doing this fun craft with my kids that they've wanted to do if there wasn't some steps that they got to participate in to be a part of that. You know, part of it is, hey, I need you to, uh, you know, focus on a couple things at school today. If you guys can do a good job with that, then here's the reward. And we love setting up rewards. And it's so funny. It's like the kids... It, there's like a motivation involved. The idea isn't just for the reward, but it also grows a connection because they know me, my dad, he said, we're going to do this fun thing that we want to do. We're going to do it together and we're going to have a great time doing it. And I can't wait to do it. And all I got to do today is whatever it is, simple things at school. Um, We love those times. And I think that's a reflection of obedience, everything we choose, whether you choose to do nothing, whether you choose to do the thing on the left, whether you choose to do the thing on the right, there's going to be, call it consequences or rewards for depending on what we choose. And that's just the life that we get to live because he set things up that way. I mean, think of it like this. If I choose to treat people in my life a certain way, then that relationship is going to have a reward. Like there's going to be benefits when, when me or somebody else is going through a tough time, you've built this relationship of trust where maybe, maybe the reward is just, you get to have a half hour conversation trusted with a friend because of the obedience of what you've put in over time. A reward doesn't always look like a new car. Sometimes some of the most impactful moments are just time you get to spend with people. That time is a reward for the obedience that went into it over time leading up to that relationship. Hmm. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And, and, and it brings obedience to a new level, the way you just described it as um, not so much, you know, I'm doing this because this person's a superior right. or a boss or yeah. has authority, but it's just honoring, honoring the one that you're in relationship with. Yeah. And, and it's almost yeah. easy to smell when that's the case. You know, the person that's, uh, you know, trying to get close to the boss when it's like, there's something in it for them. It's like, okay, well, there, I mean, one of the things you'll see in times like that is like, as opposed to letting cream rise to the top. It's like they're pushing other people down to make themselves look good. 
It's like, what's your motivation here? Mm-hmm. You don't have to push somebody else down. Just be yourself and just let it happen. Just let that, just prove your obedience over time. And, and obedience goes back to, you have to have a choice. You have to have a choice to obey and disobey. And sometimes we obey deliberately. Sometimes we disobey deliberately. And sometimes it's like, oh yeah, that's right. You know, to be honest, I forgot. We talked about that years ago, but yeah, I I could see how you could saw I chose to be disobedient. Honestly, in my heart, I wasn't trying to do that. That's, That's okay. But take it back to Genesis. God is the one who planted the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I think there's so many times, especially being around well-meaning Christians, where it's like, we need to build, we need to cut that tree down, build a box around it, burn it, and put put a rope of tape around it so nobody gets close to it. It's like, no, that's not how God set it up. He said, I'm going to put this right here in the middle of the garden. You're going to see it every single day. And every day, every time you walk past that tree and you choose not to partake in it, it's choosing love. It's choosing to love me as opposed to, hey, close it off. Don't talk about it. Don't look at it. Don't just ignore that it's there. I mean, he didn't instruct them, build up the biggest possible tent or house or structure around that so you're not tempted with it, so you don't see it. That's not how he did it. He said, you're going to walk by it every day, but you're going to say, I'm headed to do my walk with God and chat with him as we walk around Hmm. I'm choosing that over this. And that gets and that gets us back Cameron to the crowd. Right? So yeah. the tree and, and was the crowd. Like yeah. that, that was So what's the focus? The crowd. Yeah. Yeah, wow. oftentimes I mean, we all have different amounts of bandwidth, but what are you focusing on? The trees there, the time with God is there, your spouse is there, nature's there. I mean, I love it. We, I know we've talked about it even on the radio before. It just astonishes me. There's so many times where my kids, and they're young, they're little. It's like the little things matter to them. So many times where the sky is just a, a unique color, and they, they don't miss it. Look at this. Get out here. It's like pink and orange and light blue and dark blue and black on top. It's like, yeah, whoa. It was there. I, I got out of my car and walked in the house. My eyes went across the sky. Mm. I didn't see it, though. So I think sometimes, yeah, back to what you were pointing out, the intentionality. Are we focusing? Are we looking for the little things? Yeah. And then what do you do with it? Like Zacchaeus put some things into action, right? He got up in a tree. He got to the place where he needed to breach. Um, yeah, what, what, there has to be some action behind being intentional. Oh, I can't wait to see the reception with joy that Zacchaeus, like, we don't know his backstory. Yeah. But he came down quick, come down quickly, Jesus said. Yeah. I must. Like there was, yeah. Like, not like, I'd like to. Yeah. I yeah. must. Yeah. Come to your house, come down quickly. I must. And then he came down quickly and received Jesus with joy. Yeah. So, yeah, as, uh, when we were first reading that, I was thinking about this too. Isn't it interesting, the order of things? So it didn't, it doesn't say today salvation has come to your house. And then after that, I will receive you with joy. He, he just loved him in the place he was at. 
Hazak, he, he received him with joy just by him getting to the place that he needed to be reached so he could see Jesus. That's when he received him with joy. He, Zacchaeus got away from the crowd. He got up in the tree. He got his eyes on Jesus. Jesus said, get down here quickly and received him with joy. And then it was after that, that's when Zacchaeus says, hey, I'm going to give to the poor. I'm going to give back to people I've extorted. I'm going to repay them. And then it was after that when Jesus said, today salvation has come to this house. I think there's times where sometimes people just need to be received with joy. They haven't told you that they're going to right their wrongs yet. They haven't told you that they're going to give to the poor. It has, they know that they've done wrong. They know that there's people out there that they've wounded or they've stole from. I think sometimes if you put the cart before the horse, in mm. this circumstance, Jesus received him with joy. And then Zacchaeus's natural response was, okay, I'm, I'm giving half to the poor. It's like, do, do, do we give people in our lives those opportunities to mm. say, I love you, I love you, I love you. Amen. Amen. Cameron, that's beautiful. And uh, in schools, we try, in the school ministry that we do, where we bring the students into the chapel or they're brought to the chapel. And even though we're not from the school, we try to make it, um, you know, just a standard operating procedure that we greet them at the door and welcome them. Like they're the, it's their school, right? But we're welcoming them. We're just like shaking hands. And you should see, you would think we're doing something crazy, but they're some of them get they like whoa, oh hi, good morning. Yeah, absolutely. Like just, like just a very simple act of like shaking hand, looking someone in the eye, and saying yes. good morning. Great to be here. So yeah. glad you're here. It, it, it stops them in their tracks. So, yeah, I mean, if we just receive people with joy, not trying to figure out, okay, are they on the team? Are they not on the team? Right. Are they, are they good? Are they not good? Yeah. You know, what, you know, what's going on in life? Just receive them with joy. Yeah, because yeah. we all know what that feels like, too. When you walk into, like, a new place and somebody just greets you and makes you feel welcome. And you had a, like some angst in walking in there because you didn't, you know, I don't know if I'll know anybody. And then somebody just goes out of their way. We get that chance to be that for somebody. Yeah. I was listening to a youth minister and he said that when young people come in, that's what they do. They, they cheer. When they come into the youth group, they cheer. Cameron's here. Woo! And this one girl said, who had suicidal thoughts, I look forward to Sunday because I know I'm going to be seen and known and loved when I walk in. Wow. So let's do that with each other. Let's do that with everyone we meet. Thank you for joining us. We'll talk to you next week. God bless you. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible.
If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.